Maggie Hagley. Yes, welcome. I gotta be honest with our listeners and with myself. Uh oh. I've had three shots. I am drunk. (laughs) Yeah. I am drunk for this episode, which is completely appropriate because it is the alcohol episode. Isn't that right, Sam? Yes, it's season two, episode 14, Blame It on the Alcohol, um, which. To be fair, I've also had a couple shots and am currently drinking a beer. So, you know, we're just going to lean into it at this point. Yeah. I want to point out that um, I did not drink while I was watching the episode. So my notes are from a completely sober person. <laughs> yes. My, mine are too, which I think might be a mistake <laughs> in retrospect because... Oh, um, I see. <laughs> this episode. Oh, God. Let, let's, let's get some I deets. like this episode, actually. It's pretty okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, let's let's talk about the deeds yes. of the episode first. So this originally aired on February twenty second, twenty eleven, uh, with ten point five eight million viewers, which is up from last week, which only had ten point five three million. Um, but these are all a big low because of the Super Bowl episode that had like twenty million viewers or whatever. So yeah, um, well, I mean the ep- the Super Bowl episode was two episodes ago at this point, right, or three episodes yeah. ago. Uh, two, I think. Maybe three. Oh, shit. Maybe it was three. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, okay, God. It's the I'm... middle of March, Maggie. I know. It's the middle of March. How have we already gotten here? <laughs> it's it's, it's actually... I do have to point out, we are actually recording on pie day. Um, yes. So... I haven't actually eaten any pie. Should we... Neither have I. I, I feel Ugh. like I probably should before the end of the day, but I don't yes. know, man. Yeah, well, let's see. If, let's see if you sober up enough to find yourself some pie by the end of this episode. Um, I don't know if I'll. I don't know if I'll get there. TV. I, I don't know if I'll ever be sober again. Um, who who wrote this episode? So this episode was written by Ian Brennan. Okay. Um, I'm not sure who directed it because I'm still looking it up right now. I didn't okay. do my homework, Sam. Why don't you pressure me to do my homework like a good teacher? I'm I'm usually a little too busy pressuring you to just upload your audio, so. <laughs> You're so right. I'm the worst person to collaborate with. Oh, my God. Okay. I don't know. We, we have some other. Yeah. yeah. Nobody Eric Stoltz. There you N- go. Nobody Eric Stoltz? <laughs> That's his full name. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. So, um... Well, Should we jump do, right in? Should we get into the episode yeah. right now? I think you know it's what? a good idea. Skip, skip the critical response. Those critics don't know what they're talking about. They don't Todd, know. Okay. Todd, they don't Todd, know at all. <laughs> Todd Vanderwolf, or whatever his name is, definitely did not drink before reviewing this episode, so he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> Todd okay. never know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's let's jump in. We start with the recap, as per usual. This time around, it's literally just a recap of relationships. So we have Sam, Quinn, and Santana, and we yep. have Will and Emma, and then yes. we get Kurt and Blaine. Um, you'll note the only people there that are in a relationship are Sam and Santana. It's really about yeah. how people ha- are not in relationships, now that I think yeah, about it. Yeah, the only thing I have written about this recap is love garbage, because... <laughs> That's all it is, right? Like, yes, I don't no. care 
about all these heterosexual normative relationships. I don't no. give a shit. Well, I mean, I care they... about Clay to a certain degree, but uh, that's yeah. that's it. That's okay. it. Okay. Well, then let's let's get into it. the first scene. I titled Figil because I forgot that we were mm, going Wiggil. I guess I don't know. Anyway, Wiggins. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but so Figgins has summoned Will to his office, which is a weird thing to say. Um, because yeah. usually that happens when someone's in trouble, but apparently Figgins thinks he and Will are just friends. Um, so he summons Will to him uh, to his office to tell him about mm-hmm. the abundance of alcohol problems in the school. Yes, uh, they discuss alcohol and how many people have been showing up at school drunk. I guess. Yes. Which yes. is such a bold move for a high schooler. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. No um, kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Figgins makes a uh, like a specific moment to say they're not wasted on learning; they're wasted <laughs> on alcohol. Well, <laughs> which is so strange. And then he mentions K dollar sign huh. This yes. disrespect of Kesha, <laughs> I cannot stand it. It's through the whole episode, and I will be angry through the whole okay. episode because disrespecting Kesha. Is to disrespect me as a person, and I cannot stand for it. No way. That's, that's pretty fair. Um, but yeah, I, I I did also note the uh, the cad dollar sign huh joke that uh, it's Figgins garbage. Makes. It's garbage. <laughs> they make well, another he... slight at Kesho later in this episode, and I cannot stand for it. No way. Well, what's great about this is that Figgins is blaming Kesha for the alcohol problems because yeah. she makes pop music that glorifies alcoholism, essentially. Um, but anyway, um, he the reason Will has been summoned to the office is because mm-hmm. um, Figgins wants the, the Glee Club to perform at an assembly for Alcohol Awareness Week. Yes, um, that is true. Which, we, it's like, it's good to know that there was an actual point to this meeting, and Figgins doesn't necessarily <laughs> think that Will is just his friend that friend. he can confide in. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. so then, right off of that, we, we get to the Glee title card, um, and then we, we move... Well, we, yeah, uh, we find out that they're going to perform at the Assembly for Alcohol yes. Awareness, and then we get the Glee t- title card, and the next scene is Will presenting Emma with a toaster, which... Yes. It feels sort of like a reference to The Office when um, yeah. family buys two toasters. <laughs> well, yeah. So so the idea is that um, Will is trying to make good with Emma. Yeah. Apparently, they it's haven't like been friends for gift. a while. Yeah, because she and, she and Carl are apparently looking for a house now. Um, you'll remember they're married. it never felt like Emma and Will were out of sorts. No. If anything, all their, like, all their interactions have been cordial you know yes. like there's, n- there's never been a problem uh no. but they they clear the air here with yes. will presenting emma with a toaster and emma's like tell me what's going on with your life and when will jumps right into uh detailing what's going on with glee club and emma's like hey i don't want to hear about glee club i want to hear about what's going on with you will Schuster. Yeah. <laughs> well and the best part is she specifically asks are you dating anybody which that is such a weird... It's such a weird moment, right? <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, the best part is that, like, the it's so... It's acted in such a way that is so weird, because it looks like Emma is asking this question to be like, are you single right now? Wink. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Listen, are you interested in becoming a thruple with me and John Stamos? 
<laughs> or maybe being my mistress. Who knows? Um, Listen, their life, their lives, all their lives will be so much easier if they just <laughs> invested in polyamory. That's Listen. yeah. Well, so uh, before we before we get into the details of polyamory, Sue arrives because that's what Sue does. Um, yes, but Sue she comes ac- and interrupts. She she accuses she accuses Will of future alcoholism, which is what? actually pretty funny, honestly. <laughs> like, well, so so she accuses it. She says, um, she tells Emma that uh, Will can't be with anyone right now because he has to work through his own problems. Yeah. Um, which she then jumps into this huge description of why Will's life sucks. Yeah. Um, In my notes, I yeah. have verbatim. Sue lays down some hard truths. She does. She talks about how Will's life is shitty. Which it is. It's, like, objectively kind of shitty. His wife uh, lied to him for multiple months, and then uh, he he had no choice but to leave her, basically. And then the woman he was interested in ended up marrying John Stamos, which must be a a true slight. Um... (laughs) And now he's lonely and alone, which makes sense to me because Will's a bad person. Right. Well, yeah. and, well, uh, and, well, Sue and evidence just kind of well, sure. nails yeah. in on these points. Yes. Well, and it's, it's as evidenced by Emma's, like this little conversation we had right before this. When Emma asks him how he's doing, he immediately talks about the Glee Club because that's yes. literally the only thing he has in his life, which Sue and. Sue informs us he won't have that forever because her Glee Club is going to crush his Glee Club at regionals. Because if you recall, last episode, Sue became coach of Oral Intensity. Yes. <laughs> who are the, I guess, competitors? Yeah. Against so, the New Directions. Yeah. So they, they were at last year's regionals as well. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they were the ones who did the song that pandered to Olivia Newton-John and... Um, What's his tits? The other one? Uh, Jasper. Yeah, him. So um, we, we didn't really get a lot about them then. But so Sue just, Sue tells us this. And then Emma goes, since when are you the coach of that Glee Club? And Sue informs us that she pushed, she, she pushed the chipper homosexual coach of oral intensity down some stairs. Well, I don't um, know if Sue informed, informs <laughs> us directly. But we do get right. an interstitial of Sue pushing this person down the stairs. Yes. It's well, pretty fucked. It's pretty fucked up. Sorry, I yeah. had hiccuping. Yes, I could hear that. Um, but that's okay. I'll, I'll just detail <laughs> this a little bit more. Um, so, my question is: This going to be something that happens every season? Um, because last season, you'll recall, Sue did push an elderly nurse, school nurse, down the stairs so that Terry could take the job. Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> it's a pattern at this point. <laughs> Sue is well, a bad person. Who pushes yeah. people downstairs. It is a pattern. She is a, um, I guess, serial stair pu- pusher? Is that yeah. what well, you would call it? Well, so I guess to clarify, like, more about it is that we also find out that w- with this interstitial, she not only pushed him down one flight of stairs, he was fine after the first flight she of stairs. She pushed him down a second flight! What yes. the fuck, Sue? So- God! <laughs> So, well, and the best part is that after after we get that, we go back to the conversation in the present, and um, I think Emma is like, oh, I hope he's okay, and then Sue says, oh, the doctor said this, as long as the swelling in his brain settles down, he'll be fine, which is dark, like, yes. <laughs> just very, Quite but... dark, actually. 
Which I feel <laughs> yeah. bad for this oral intense intensity coach. Like this yes. poor guy who yeah. got pushed down multiple flights of stairs. There is another <laughs> reference to stair pushing when yes. well, she yeah. convinces Will. Well, because she's telling Will that he needs to go through the twelve steps of uh, alcohol anonymous. Yes, anonymous, and uh, she's like, "Listen, when you get to the top of those steps, I'm gonna push you down them." Right. No, Which see, that's pretty fucking great. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, that's the that's the best part. She presents Will with the like book that Alcoholics Anonymous is based on, supposedly. Um, yep. But she does have that exact line where she says, once you get up the 12 steps, I will push you down them. Which, like, it's hilarious. It's very good. The um, next scene is yeah. Puckleberry. Yes. Ba- uh, Rachel Berry is sitting at a piano in the choir room. Sorry, I am hiccuping a lot. I'm trying to stop it. I don't <laughs> yeah, know how do you, to. Sam, do you what, wanna... are your, what are your tactics for getting rid of hiccups? Um, I usually try holding my breath and then also drinking water at the same time, you know? Okay, um, I'm drinking some water now. Okay. This is really great audio. I'm glad we're seeing this. Really, I feel a lot better, actually. Okay, good. Okay, so Rachel Berry is sitting at a piano in the choir room. Puck comes up to her and he's like, hey, Rachel, I hear your dads are out of town. You should throw a party at the Barry household. Yes. Rachel is at first, she's, at first she's a little, you know, tentative. She's like, right. oh, I don't know if I could throw a party at my house. My dad's trust me. And Puck's like, listen, you want to be cool, right? You should throw a party. <laughs> Rachel is only convinced when Finn shows. And yes. um, Puck leaves, Finn shows up, obviously, because that's how, that's how the... Uh, you know, order of people works in this show. Right. And, well, uh... Yeah, so so before Finn arrives, I just want to point out a really gnarly line that Puck has. Sure, um, let's hear it. I'm so ready. Tell me. Yeah, so so Rachel, you know, as you're saying, Rachel is hesitant about this because she is a good girl, and she says along the lines of, my dad's left me alone because they know that I'm responsible, and Puck says, they left you alone because you suck and are a total bore. <laughs> which That's is... So mean. <laughs> yeah, I was like, in any con, like, there's no context where that is okay to say that to somebody. Like, that's so awful. <laughs> but anyway, you're right. So, so Finn arrives, um, and we find out that uh, Rachel has been working on her original song. Yep. Um, and she wanted to showcase it to Finn before she shared it with the rest of the Glee Club. Um, and so she then sings her song, which is really. Yeah, Something. so the song that she sings is, I, I'm pretty sure the title is My Headband. Yes, Listen, that is the title. Listen, there could be good songs written about objects, like right. Lip Gloss by Lil Mama. Okay, um, It's an yeah. amazing song, but okay. My Headband is a very bad song. It's extremely bad, which is part of the joke. Finn right. sort of listens to it with a straight face and then is like, that was terrible. Listen, Rachel, <laughs> that was really bad. Yes. And Rachel um, isn't really too offended because I think she sort of knows on the inside that it is very bad. Yes. If you recall from the last episode, original songs are going to be a main topic for the next couple episodes until we get to uh, regionals. And yeah. Rachel is trying to write some original songs. This 
has been a complete flop, in my opinion. What do you think, Sam? <laughs> um, well, so here's the thing. This episode of Glee, I think, is the basis for both Pitch Perfect movie plots. <laughs> so my thing is... Well, I haven't seen Pitch, per- Pitch Perfect 3. What's, I haven't either. I've only I've only seen on one in and two. Who knows? Probably a Christmas thing where like there's a Grinch <laughs> who steals Christmas. Anyway, um, so, um, but so that's the thing is originally when I first saw like when I was watching this before I took notes, um, I was like, oh, it's flashlight. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, nice. it's. I actually here's the thing. Rachel sings this very well. Like yeah, for being a terrible. For being a terrible song. She's Rachel Berry. Yes. Uh, Finn responds to hearing this song with the quote, it's not emotional or like good. (laughs) And Rachel is just like, yes, I know it is bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is when they have a discussion about the Rachel Berry house party. Yes. Finn tells her that she needs experience to be a good songwriter. Like she needs like, to do a little uh, living, I think this is the yeah, exact she needs phrase. Yeah, to do a little living. Rachel agrees. She's like, how can I write like Janis Joplin if I've never even had a taste of alcohol? And this is right. when she decides to throw the Rachel Berry house party. Which, yes. honestly, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. It is, yes. it is great. Well, Before we get but, to it, we yeah. have a conference call between the New Directions folks. Yes. Well, so before we even get to that, I just want to ask you something real quick. Yeah. Do you think that Rachel hasn't done a little living? Last season, Jesse treated her like a literal pile of trash. So, Jesse like, did treat her very badly. It is true. He, like that he crushed an egg on her forehead. I mean, that would literally be like six songs on a Taylor Swift album, right? So, like, <laughs> you're right. You're completely right. Well, so, I think yeah. Rachel um, sort of wants an excuse to party. You know what yeah, I'm saying? No, definitely. And also, the writers want an excuse to put all of these characters in a situation where they drink alcohol. So I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. The drunk <laughs> episode was great. <laughs> no, it's true. But yeah, so let's so we get to the conference call, which, as usual, the conference call scenes in Glee are probably one of the best things that they film. They're the best. Like, because it's so, finally characters talking to one another. Oh, my God. Well, and also just the way they always do it, where it's like, we, we had one of these in season one, I think. But um, essentially, all of these characters are on the same call yes. in the same hallway, walking yep. next to each other. But yes. each of them has their own portion of the screen that it's they so use. so good. For... Yes. Uh, we have Britanna, who is called inaccurately by the show Santani. What the fuck? No, no. It's, Get it's, out of here. No, no, no. It's, it's Santitany. Ugh. Disgusting. <laughs> Britanna is so much better. So we're going to keep calling them Britanna. Britanna is uh, on the phone with Art Sadies. That's Art yes. and Mercedes. They're talking about the Rachel Berry house party, if they're going to go. They end up yeah. count, um, pulling in Puck to the conversation. And yeah. they all decide that, yeah, they'll go if everyone else goes. Yes. Well, so that's that. I was as I was watching this scene again, I realized that one, it is my favorite scene of the episode, and two, it is <laughs> so pointless. Like it, it did not need to be in here at all. It's pointless, but it's like you know artistically valuable. I think. Sure. 
Yeah. No, no. I think, well, especially like we're saying with the cinematography that they do mm-hmm. for this type of scene, like I'll never be upset about this type of scene being in the episode. It's just that like it conveyed zero information it's about true. anything. The next so. scene is starts on a on a shot of a painting of Rachel Berry. It is yes. an oil <laughs> portrait of Rachel Berry that is so amazing. I cannot, I, I can't get over it. It's so good. Because we're at the Rachel Berry house party. Yes. Uh, Sam, well, listen. Is this a Dorian Gray situation? Is Rachel stealing the life from this painting? Maybe. Because here's the thing. That painting is wearing a regular outfit. Mm-hmm. Rachel, Rachel herself is, is, is dressed like she is straight <laughs> off of the Oregon Trail. Like, yeah, holy um, shit. It's like one of those skirts that has multiple tiers. Like, there's like a lace um, uh, hem at multiple points in this skirt it's bad it's a bad dress it's seafoam green it is not good (laughs) yeah that's the thing it's not a skirt it's a full-on dress and the neck goes all the way up to her chin like it's just hideous like (laughs) like what on earth i just i'm just this doesn't fit the (laughs) rachel berry aesthetic for me you know like Yeah, she wears like hideous sweaters and stuff. Yeah, but like but that it's doesn't mean she wears hideous long <laughs> yeah. lace she's not... gowns all the she's time. Not... Maggie, she's not Amish, you know? Like, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Anyway, um, yeah. she is like, like you're saying, this is the opening to this scene, which it's great because like it's a very good opening to this scene. But we find out she's letting in Kurt, Blaine, and Finn um, because apparently. Kurt blackmailed Finn into coming to this party. Yeah, this um, is kind of interesting to me that Rachel would not invite Plain on her own. Like, yeah. apparently Kurt had to blackmail his way in by figuring out, I guess his uh, morning milk, his evening <laughs> milk, like, deliveries yes. to Finn kind of coerced him into inviting them to this party. I don't well, know. Seems well, to he- kind of fucked up to me. He did say that he he found Finn's browser. Well, Finn says that Kurt has found his browsing history, so he's been using that to blackmail Finn into doing things. Um, what do you What do you think which, is in Finn's browser history? Um, elbows. <laughs> elbows. He's in the real, real weird, real weird elbow stuff. I'm totally yes. into that. Yes. Yeah, um, Rachel yeah. is an impeccable hostess for most of this uh, beginning scene here. She is like, hey, listen, I have tickets for for the drinks uh, so that nobody has too much to drink. We have yes. wine coolers that is special for this evening. It is also the only thing we have. Yep. Uh-huh. Rachel's adorable in the CNTBH. Yes. Yeah, well, Plain so... Blaine is... Yeah. Um, well, Kurt is awkward because he's not drinking, and Blaine gets immediately very drunk. Well, so before, like, in order to get to this drunk, because as Puck says in the scene, nobody will get wait, nobody will get even a little drunk off of two wine coolers. Um, mm-hmm. So what happens is uh, we get a great scene where Rachel asks Quinn, "Are you having a good time?" And Quinn says, "Oh yeah, totally." And in the background, we can see Sam and Santana making out on a couch. Um, yeah, but and um, Puck convinces Rachel to let him like break into the liquor cabinet, and yes. Rachel's just like, "Yeah, totally. This is a great idea." Well, it's uh, because people start to, people threaten to leave. Like Artie's yes. like, "We're gonna go to dinner, I think," and it's then so sad. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, so they break into the liquor cabinet, and then we get the typical um, like high school party montage where we see people playing drinking games. Quarters. There in this is a case. moment yeah. where Brittany is sitting on, I think, the dryer or maybe yes. the washing machine, and Rachel's like, "Remember the rule: no sitting on anything." Right. <laughs> yes. Is so fucking intense. Like, definitely a Rachel Berry rule. Yes. Well, it's because Maggie. She has a lot of rules and regulations because she's a buzzkill. Um, it's true. But anyway. uh, they yeah. and the song. What's the song? Like, a, like a I G6. have like a G sex. Rec- yeah, I think that's in my what notes, the which I don't know is... if is the name of the song. It it's doesn't a matter. Sequence that's... of yeah. like a G six playing over top, where everybody's just getting fucking plastered. Yes, totally a high school party thing. Yes, and I have a note here. Everyone is wasted except Finn and Kurt. Yes. Finn is um, the decimated driver, so he's not drinking. And yep. Kurt is trying to impress Blaine, so he doesn't want to get too messy. But right. Blaine does not feel the same and is extremely messy. <laughs> yes. No, he's... Blaine is very wasted. So is Rachel. Um, because as we find out Blaine is wasted, he comes over and, like, he and Kurt kind of, like, <laughs> yes. grope His away. Yes. is adorable. <laughs> Blaine comes up to Finn and it's just like, you're so tall. And you're like, brothers with Kurt? That's amazing. Like, yeah. Yes. Completely. Uh, yes. Yeah, but, in my notes, yeah. I have verbatim, drunk Blaine is cute. Uh, the next part I mean, is yeah. Finn mansplaining to oh, drunk God. Rachel what drunk girls are like. Which oh my is God. disgusting. Yes. Finn goes through all the uh, Glee Club girls. Yep. Santana and, is yeah. the angry and weepy drunk. She's yelling at Sam about how um, attractive Quinn is, and <laughs> Sam doesn't have any sort of response, and Quinn, and Santana ends up the interaction with just being like, kiss me, kiss me! Yeah. Um, yeah. The other the others are Quinn and Lauren, who are yelling at Puck. Yep. Finn tell, like, tells Rachel that they're the angry drunks, but I think both Lauren and Quinn have good reasons <laughs> to be angry at Puck and yell at him yes. for no reason. Yeah. Well, like, it's not uh, its not no reason. Alive. It's yeah. true. And finally, uh, he's like, Brittany is this stripping drunk, uh, yeah. which is whatever. Like, let her, let her be, Finn. This mansplaining, like, section oh. is just... It's so horrible it's insufferable. To me. Yeah, no, it's awful. Mostly because <laughs> here's the here's the best part. So just to walk through the rest of them, Brittany is a stripper drunk, and then uh, Tina and Mercedes are like happy drunks or whatever. So it just shows them like They're laughing. Just laughing. It's so cute. Yeah. They're friends. But, um, and then and then he said and then he t- he does tell Rachel that she is a needy drunk and that it's not cool. Yeah, um, needy girl is the yeah. exact phrase he uses, which is disgusting. Finn yeah. is very gross. I cannot stand for Finn being in this show at all. I am disapproving. Yeah. Right so, well, my my the thing that I was like on second watch, especially, I was really upset about is that at the beginning of this little speech where he sits her down like she's a little girl and like mm-hmm. mansplains this all to her, um, he does say guys and girls fall into certain certain archetypes when they get Ugh. drunk, but then Disgusting. only describes the girls. Like, Disgusting. not a word about the guys. And it's like, fuck you, Finn. 
Get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, it's but anyway. really fucking gross. I cannot stand for Finn mansplaining this entire scene. Like, because no. there's no fucking point to it either. All yeah. it is is pointing out, like... Look at all the drug like, people. category... Yeah. Quote-unquote categories that these girls fall into, which is disgusting. I'm not yeah, here which, for it. No way. No. Yeah. So, this prompts... Rachel, being, Rachel yeah. changes the situation by presenting an idea. She's like, we're gonna yes. all play Spin the Bottle. Yes. They do yes. end up playing it. Uh, Sam yes. and Brittany kiss with yes. Santana yelling over on top of it, being like, no me gusta, no me gusta. Well, Which must well, be a complete lie, because she must really like Sam and Brittany kissing each other. Well, um, okay, but so here's yeah. here's the thing about this. We jump into the middle. There was like a commercial break in this scene yes. or something, but we jump into the middle of the spin the bottle game, and it looks like yep. everyone is just having the time of their lives, which, <laughs> like, like, I... To be fair, I never played Spin the Bottle in high school when I was drunk. So, like, who knows? But from my Sam, experiences, well, they, like... They obviously put in their two drink tickets. Each had their two wine coolers apiece. And yes. they're ready for Spin the Bottle. They're so right. fucking ready for it. But, the yeah, first so... One, like I said, the first one who uh, ends up spinning is Sam, and he hits Brittany. Uh, well, yeah. Santana has, like, a long speech about how these Aerosmith trouty lips are hers yes no matter who kisses them since yes. uh uh britney and sam kiss and then is it rachel or blaine who spins it one of them spins it's it. rachel rachel spin, spins it but just as a note with the sam and britney or sam and britney kissing the best part is we all we have santana yelling about it over them but also <laughs> quinn in the background just kind of looking disapproving which is yes. Great. But um yeah, so Rachel spins it and she gets Blaine Warbler, as she calls him. Um, <laughs> they kiss. Yeah. They do. They kiss it's, they kiss a, a lot. Like it's a sensual, tender kiss. Right yes. in front of Kurt's face. And Kurt yes. is put off by it, yes. I would say is a well, good word for it. He's just not having it. No, he's he's definitely uncomfortable. One of the best things about this is that the music in the background, I have no idea what the song is, but with the subtitles, you can read it. As they're kissing, <laughs> the words in the song are, Johnny, are you queer boy? Which is <laughs> great. Um, Rachel the, ends yeah. their makeout with telling Blaine that she thinks his face tastes awesome. Yes. Which is yes. honestly such a good thing to say to someone. How adorable. Yes. The next moment is uh, Rachel and Blaine singing yes. together they're yeah. on the stage that is already in this refurbished basement right uh which rachel has already pointed out to everyone that she usually performs on for her neighbors right um, yes they they sing don't you want me uh yes <laughs> it's good it's a good song i actually really like it uh blatial yes. rain what would you call them sam i i don't really care <laughs> They sing together, anyway. Yes. And we don't need a couple name for them because they're not sticking around, folks. Spoiler <laughs> yes. alert, they're not They're not endgame. No. Um, Rachel yeah, so, falls in love with with Blaine's Disney prince face during yes. this well, song, basically. And so, yeah, the, so in, especially in the first watch when I was watching it, um, I noticed the lyrics of the song kind of mimic this situation where it's like, like some of the lyrics of Don't You Want Me do kind of have like a vibe of like don't you want me like i'm really cool but like also i might be gay like <laughs> yes exactly but, 
<laughs> yeah. I don't wanna listen. I don't wanna ruin the um the the mood of this song, but it sort of reads to me like a sibling act. Yeah, no, that's that's actually it, like I could see it on High School Musical with Ashley Tisdale <laughs> and whoever that guy is. Like Fuck definitely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so um, the only note that I had after that was that, like it's fine, um, but there's a lot of jumping and kind of like humping. In the, yeah, in the it's scene. weird. Yeah, they they definitely seem somewhat into each other, but maybe it's yes. just the power of the music. The next scene is Bert finding a sleepy Blaine in Clay yes. in uh, Kurt's bed. Yes, he comes up to Kurt's room talking about some sort of egg preparation and yes. finds Blaine half asleep as Kurt does his more morning routine which seems rather intensive yes and... well and and so he also as a note blaine is fully dressed he is sleeping he is. in kurt's bed um but he is fully dressed um he just and... wakes up being like where the, where am i <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, exactly. what's going on yes and so bert doesn't like bert seems um a little uncomfortable about this but like he mm-hmm. we don't really get much more in the scene he just leaves the room he's like oh i didn't I didn't realize there was somebody in here. And I didn't realize like, there was someone other than Kurt in here. Whoa. Yes. But yeah, so then this scene ends. Kurt is kind of like looking around the door frame because he's in a bathroom next to the room. Um, but that's where this scene ends. Well, that's we're going to come scene. back to it. We're going to come back to it. And I have some words about it. Um, <laughs> the next but anyway. scene is the new directions back in the McKinley hallway. They're talking about how they've been hungover all weekend. How... Yes. Uh, they've all been puking a lot, yes. and Ari comes to the comes to the rescue with some hair of the dog. He's like, "Hey, everyone wants some Bloody Marys," yep. and he has oh like, my a God. thermos full of Bloody Marys. <laughs> it's amazing. They're also all wearing like. Here's the thing about sunglasses, especially indoors. Like, yeah. there is a type of sunglass like. The problem is it's not like a specific brand or anything, but there's mm-hmm. a type of sunglass, like pair of sunglasses where you see it and you're like, that person is definitely hung over. And all of them have these yes. sunglasses on and it's they amazing. Are, they're obviously extremely hung over. Mercedes talks about puking all weekend. It's, yes. It doesn't seem like a good scene. No. I have in my notes that Artie is titled here. Let me read it to you. Hair of the dog from Artie, the enabler. Yeah. There you go. And um, they end up singing a song in front of Will in the auditorium. Blame yes. it on the alcohol. Yes. And Will praises them for their apparent good acting skills for acting drunk. Even though yeah, they are well, definitely... Some of them are very well, drunk. Well, yeah, yeah, let's, let's talk about this performance a little bit. Um, so... First of all, it starts with like a non-diegetic act in the hallway where they were drinking Bloody Marys, which is great. Yes. But it moves to this like diegetic auditorium performance, which is weirdly high quality. Like it's there's like very these high couches, quality. there's like and... red lights, and everybody's yeah. wearing black. And there's like a lazy Susan rotating part of the stage with a big yeah. uh, like couch. sectional yeah. couch on it. I yeah, I don't it's... understand. So no, it doesn't. It to me. Yeah, I, I don't understand either, but one of the questions I have, well, first of all, I just want to point out, I don't know if you saw it, but Quinn's outfit in this number is incredible. Um, she's wearing, <laughs> essentially, I wrote down she, that she's wearing, I, I like, I noted that yeah. she was wearing the, um, the, uh, like, hat. Yes. The, uh, the, the net hat. 
Yes. Well, that's the thing is I, I wrote down that she seems like she's straight out of a 20s party. Um, <laughs> because, like, she's wearing, like, the lacy, like, you know, like, I could see her holding one of those, like, long cigarette holders and it would look... Yes. Just right. Totally. But anyway, she looks great. Um, the but dancing the cinem- is surprisingly good, too. Like, even yeah. though in well, canon, for- mul- multiple yeah. of these characters are supposed to be rather drunk, the dancing right. is pretty good. They sing Blame It on the Alcohol, which is a catchy tune, I'd say, overall. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else do you have to say about it? Well, so the cinematography sure. in this oh, includes... <laughs> yeah, also, here's the thing. It includes some blurriness and some mm-hmm. slow motion stuff, which yep. my question is, are we supposed to feel drunk watching this scene? Well, I'm also, really happy I wasn't drunk while watching it because I would rather not puke. You know, exactly. I'd rather, well, <laughs> I'd rather keep all my insides on the inside right now. We'll see. That was my question is, are we supposed to feel drunk? And second question what if I actually just feel hungover because of how terrible the cinematography is? Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but yeah, They end uh, their performance with Will um, commenting on how it, good it was, and then right, also being yes. like, is this a good song to sing at Alcohol Awareness? Yeah, the it, Alcohol it, Awareness Assembly? Because it is kind of uh, glorifying alcohol. Which is my question, like, right. why the fuck did you let them prepare it, Will? Like, yeah. What are you doing? You're such a bad teacher. <laughs> right. God. Well, yeah, he he also as you said, he he points out that some of them seem intoxicated. My quite like during the performance none of them actually seem intoxicated because if they did like the the choreography it would, be bad. would be much worse. Exactly. Right? But yeah, so anyway, um but uh yeah, he he says the song is pro drinking, which Rachel then has, like, a drunken kind of, like, ramble, but she does point out that it's hard to find songs that are anti-drinking because a lot of, like, pop music is pretty (laughs) pro-alcohol. I would say that that is completely accurate. Santana starts weeping halfway through this conversation. (laughs) Will mentions how many people die of, like, alcohol poisoning, and Santana just starts crying, which I love. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, um, which is great. But then, yeah, so like you're saying, Will kind of points out that stat about alcohol poisoning yep. or whatever, because that's really important. But um, Quinn then retorts with, well, al- we see adults doing it literally all the time. And, like, it's pretty <laughs> much glorified. And then Puck kind of corroborates this by being like, yeah, at Na- for NASCAR, every other commercial is a beer commercial. Will gets a little defensive at this part. Let's yes. move to the next scene. Yeah. Will and Shannon Beast are in the are in the uh, teacher's lounge talking about Will's life. Has he done anything fun recently? Shannon right. Beast is like, hey, I'm going to take, take you out. We're going to go to this honky-tonk bar. You're going to love it. Yes. That's well, the whole thing. That's the whole scene. Before we move on, I just want to highlight one thing, which is upsetting. Um, mm-hmm. But Shu does tell us that when he was quote, their age, he's talking about the students, um, mm-hmm. he was drinking, um, and the what, he does say that one of the reasons he was drinking is to, quote, deal with Terry, which is... That's fucked up, man. They, yeah. were, like teen, they were teens in love. You should not yeah. have to drink to forget your teenage girlfriend. What the fuck? No, it's... Yeah, so, like, I mean... I, I'm not. I'm not using this to excuse Will's behavior because he's a terrible person. But he what I am saying person. is that, like, 
that should have been a red flag probably like you should have been <laughs> like if i have to drink to deal with the fact that i'm in this relationship is probably a bad relationship the anyway, next scene is clean yeah. at the lima bean they yes. have returned to their normal haunting spot and blaine yes. gets the call from rachel the scene's gonna be pretty heavy, by the way, so settle in. <laughs> yeah, well, but so He gets we, asked we, out on a yeah. date by Rachel Berry, and he says yes. yes. Well, Kurt and we also, we also rather negatively to this. Yeah, but but before we get to Kurt's biphobia, which is really problematic and it's I, bad. It's I really bad, like, huh? I, I would like to spend some time on it, but before we get there, we do see Rachel on the other end of the phone call, who is wearing pajamas. And drinking, yes. quote, Lady Sparkle wine. It's cute. But here's, here's the thing. Clayne is at the lima bean. Yes. Which means that, and it's like you can see. Day. It's yes, like a chill afternoon right now. It, it's definitely like, yeah, that's the thing. What time of day is it? If it's the <laughs> afternoon, like Rachel should not be drinking in her pajamas. Like what <laughs> the fuck is happening? It's like maybe oh. 4 p.m. Maybe. <laughs> But yes, so yeah, you're right. So yeah, so Blaine agrees to go on a date with her. And then Kurt gets Kurt, really terrible. Yeah, Kurt says some gnarly shit. He yeah. shames Blaine for saying yes to this date. He's like, how yes. could you say yes? You're a gay man. And Blaine's like, I don't know what I am. Okay, I've never had a boyfriend. I'm just trying to play the field. All right. Yeah. And yeah. Kurt is still kind of a piece of shit about it. Yes. Says well, that uh, bisexuality is only something that gay men rely on before they realize that they're actually gay which fucking sucks no thank you no i yeah so that's the here's the thing about this it's terrible um blaine doesn't put up with it thankfully yes but it is it is also something that gay men rely on when they feel slighted by other people like sure the whole reason this is happening is because kurt in his mind, it's like, Blaine is mine, and anything mm-hmm. that gets in between that is bad and wrong. So the fact that Blaine is willing to, you know, try something out and, like, you know, see where things go, Kurt is like, that's impossible. That can't be true because I'm in love with you. And if you don't love me back, then you're obviously lying to yourself because mm-hmm. you do love me, which is very bad. <laughs> like, just very, yes. very bad. But, yeah, like you're saying, Blaine doesn't let him have it. Like, like Blaine just lets him have it in the scene. Blaine doesn't let him, like, get away with this crap. Um, yeah, he, his yeah. his parting line is extremely fantastic. It's really good. He says, <laughs> well, yeah. He yeah. says, quote, I'd say bye, but I wouldn't want to make you angry. Which is <laughs> well, amazing. Fuck yes. yes. I'm here yes. for it. Well, and one of the other parts of this that I really liked was um, Blaine reminds Kurt, first of all, that this is his fucking life and Kurt yep. butt the fuck right out. Um, yep. But also points out, because Kurt is like, he, he's like, um, just because you're so confident about yourself and you're so like, you know, aware and everything. And Kurt's like, yeah, I'm so aware that I got bullied out of my old school. And he's like, yeah, and guess what? You're kind of doing that to me right now, you piece yep. of shit. He turns like, it around and he's like, yes. hey, what are you doing by shaming me about going out with this girl for one yes. night? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. The yes. next scene is Shannon and Will at the honky tonk that yes. they had planned to go to. They get wasted and end up singing together. Yes. On stage. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So Shannon, the canon is what the, um, 
is what she is called. But she, she gets Will to get up and sing, which honestly isn't that hard because Will is a fucking showboat Will's who loves ready to for show it off. At any um, moment. But yeah, but so they, they sing um, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer, which is a pretty country song. Uh, it's, it's catchy, <laughs> though. It's not too yes. bad. No, and the other note I had is that um, Shannon Beast has a great country voice. I think. Yeah, and I my think, yeah. and my note for it was that they are they are also using bejeweled mics. They're bejeweled <laughs> yes. mics earlier in the episode of the Barry household, which makes sense to me. You know, of yes. course, every mic at the at the Barry household is bejeweled, but here at this honky tonk bar, the mics are also bejeweled. <laughs> I don't understand, Maggie. The mics can be whatever they want. Stop <laughs> shaming them for their... No, I'm, not um, try- I'm not trying I'm, to. I'm pretty sure that they were just... Po- like, like Glee wasted all its money on that Super Bowl episode, and they're like, oh, God, we got to reuse these mics. We already put the bejeweling stones on them. <laughs> Shit. We already so. put the stones on them. We have to use them. <laughs> but yes. Um, so uh, anyway, let's move to the next scene. Like, Will gets wasted whatever it's fun um but we're moving to the next thing which is party cleanup because apparently rachel still hasn't done that yet yes kurt um, has come to the berry household to help rachel clean and yes. rachel's like wow i'm so thankful for you helping me but i know you're only here to hear about my blatial date right and kurt's like oh no of course not but yes tell me all of the details please. <laughs> yes well yeah so rachel tells the details apparently it was lovely it sounds nice but kurt spends the whole time her of her telling it bashing it as yeah like ridiculing her and blaine and saying that everything they did was really gay and like yeah I feel like um, th- okay listen rachel is a bad friend right because she knows oh, kurt yeah. is interested in blaine just yeah. because she has the the maybe some small interest in Blaine and the fact that yeah. they kissed like she shouldn't go after him just because oh he might be interested in me because Kurt is interested in him as a friend like as a friend Rachel shouldn't do anything right yeah right well um here's my thing mm-hmm. Kurt's also a bad friend so like Kurt maybe... is a bad friend and it's tr- <laughs> it's true he yeah. because he has definitely um told Blaine that bisexuality isn't real which is a lie. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I think I think you have some some valid points there. Rachel is being a bit of a bad friend, um, but she does make a point to tell yeah. Kurt in this scene where she's like, hey, like, if this thing works out, then I've kind of helped you dodge a bullet, which isn't necessarily what someone wants to hear when it's no. like, oh, your friend is, you know converting your gay friend or whatever like not actually because Kurt he might be bisexual gnarly but stuff yeah here, he calls though. her a hag he calls which her is, a hag um, as in like somebody who is being a beard for gay men i guess yes yeah and also not it says great yeah, no and not great. um one of, and he also says he claims that she and blaine will never have chemistry um i want to point out that i'm pretty sure that this entire thing was an in, like, incredibly elaborate scheme thought up by Blaine the trickster because what it has done is turned Kurt and Rachel against each other and one of the problems that we ran one of the problems we ran into when Blaine's little like scenario got figured out earlier where you know he did the whole Valentine's Day thing and like Kurt was devastated but then Kurt kind of got back on his feet because he had friends to help him get back up that was the problem is he had friends to help him get back up. So this yeah. is entirely just to drive He's, a wedge yeah, between is them. Alienating him from his closest friend, Rachel Berry. Yes, exactly. 
Um, Total mess. The next yes. scene is Will and Shannon back at Will's apartment. Shannon yes. is sort of uh, corralling Will into yes. his home. Because well, 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 they're both quite drunk. Yes. And... Well, and the best part is this scene opens with one of the most nauseating camera-like cameras that i've ever seen because like the camera is tilted at like a 50 degree angle and then like slowly writes itself to like mimic the fact that they're both stumbling in so glad i wasn't drunk while watching this episode (laughs) me up because a lot of camera work you're right is nauseating (laughs) but yes um but yeah so shannon escorts him in Will has a piece of hay in his mouth, which I think just goes to show that he appropriates other people's cultures at every chance he gets. Um, and uh, But Shannon tells him that the best that teachers can do um, in regards to alcohol and minors is to give the minors the best information they can about the dangers of drinking and then hope yep. the kids just do the right thing, which yep. is probably the best message that we get about alcohol well, in this episode it's because shannon beast is the best teacher at mckinley she lays yes. down this chill knowledge to will and then bounces because her taxi is waiting and then yes. we see will grading some spanish tests yes and giving everyone an a plus <laughs> yep even though there are like obvious mistakes that have already been marked off he's like well well, well good effort a plus <laughs> Yeah, and not great. like and he also has the yeah. scene by making a drunk dial, making a drunk phone call to an anonymous person at this point. Yes, well, so we—it's an old phone at this point. It at the time it was probably a regular phone or whatever. It was mm-hmm. like a BlackBerry kind of thing. But um, so you'll note that he. So the conversation that he has when he leaves a voicemail leads us to believe it's probably Emma. Yes. Because he is, you know, harboring love for her. But you'll notice on his phone, what he was doing is in his contacts list, looking at, like, the top contact or something, which includes Figgins and, right below Emma's name, Sue Sylvester. So, this is a fairly obvious twist. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. Um, So, anyway, uh, it's a very drunk voicemail. If If you've ever had alcohol before... And access to a phone. Had, alco- you, had alcohol. Had access you, to a phone. You have you had understand. the urge to make one of these ridiculous phone calls. The next yes. scene is Will the next morning. He's at yes. McKinley wearing some okay cool shades. They're not very <laughs> no. cool, but they're definitely okay cool. And yes, Maggie, Figgins Maggie, comes one upon second. him oh. and yeah, gives one... him a little lecture. Yeah, well, yes. one second. Do you want to hear what I titled this scene? I'd love to hear it. The Hangover Part Two. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but yes, one. when all the kids were hungover. Ah, I see. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, you're yeah. So Fagans comes and yells at him in the face a little bit about the alcohol awareness thing, which is mostly to play up the fact that Will is very hungover. Yep. Um, but then he runs into Emma, and we find out that she never got the voicemail. Uh-oh. Yes. Clearly, it was to someone else. Oh, no. And we don't know who that other person is, except Sue comes in at the end of the scene. Yes. Uh, and keeps talking well, about how Will's like an alcoholic and how he needs yeah. to get treatment. Yeah. Yes. It, it doesn't yeah. play well as a joke. 
No. The next um, scene is Bert and Kurt yes. back in the Hummel household making a souffle together. Yes. Well, here's my question. So mm-hmm. normally I feel like when we cut between scenes, we usually stay in approximately the same time. Do you no. think this is happening at the same time? Absolutely <laughs> not. Because the will, the will scenario was definitely some, like probably in the morning. This Bert well, and Kurt thing has to be in the evening. It has to are, be. Are you sure? Because they're making souffle. And also, Dalton doesn't, in quotes, do school. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So, well, no, because yeah. it's not an actual school. It's sort of exactly. a facsimile it's, of a school it's a... built entirely for Kurt's, like, like Punishment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's more of a state of mind, Maggie. Yes. Um anyway, yeah, you're, so they're making they're brunching it up. They're making um they're making souffle. Yes. Um Kurt is being hard on Bert, which leads to him explaining his kind of biphobic drivel about Blaine again. Um Yeah, but, so Kurt yeah. is like, Yeah, Blaine's going on a date with Rachel. I hate it. And <laughs> Bert is like Oh, why do you have Blaine in your bed the other night? I hated that. <laughs> They've been yeah, talking okay. about it and how um, Bl- yeah. Bert doesn't know how gay sex works. That's no. the main point of this conversation. And yeah. And Kurt responds with being like, I'm, I am I, want to apologize because you're asking well, me to for yeah. having a gay person in my bed, I guess. And yeah. The scene ends with Kurt leaving the room and asking Bert to educate himself so that he could come and ask Bert questions just like any other son could. Right. Well, so here's the thing about this scene. I usually mm-hmm. like Bert a lot, but this yeah. scene pretty much made Bert one of the worst characters ever because he essentially forces Kurt to apologize it for, is quote, being inappropriate. Um, yeah, which the I guess inappropriateness of it all, like... Yeah, that's that's the thing. What happened is that Kurt uh, had Blaine stay over because Blaine was too drunk to drive. Exactly. Seems responsible to me. Yes, yes, agreed. And honestly, that's the thing, is like, if it had been a woman, if it had been a straight guy, like someone who was identified as a straight man, I I don't think Bert would have been as offended, do you? I think Bert would have been like... Yeah, and it's, it's mostly because... And he even brings up the fact that he saw Brokeback Mountain, it's literally because Bert is uncomfortable with the idea of two men having sex, which is so buck wild and offensive. Like, it's not yeah. even like... Well, I, th- I think it's definitely, like, something that parents of gay children could relate to, but it's not the best thing to have on television. Like, we should exactly. have Bert as a role model accepting yeah. this kind of stuff. Well, you know? Yeah, yes, because that's the thing is Kurt brings up the fact that like he's like, well, what if Finn had Puck over? Like, and, like you that wouldn't be a problem, would it? Because they wouldn't be having sex. And then he brings up, well, what if Finn had a girl over? And Bert's like, no, that wouldn't be okay. And he's like, but you wouldn't like you wouldn't be offended by that. You would just be upset that he, you know, did something yeah. inappropriate. Like like totally. and that's that's the thing is like it definitely comes across that the main reason that Bert is uncomfortable here is because it's two men and they potentially could have had sex, which they didn't. They definitely obviously. didn't. 
Yeah. Which so kind like of makes makes a point of I don't know. This yes. whole argument comes across as unmeaningful to me. Right. Overall. Well, because the, Bert says yeah. some shitty stuff, so yeah. does Kurt about yep. bi erasure. And it, they come to a conclusion that uh, they both are a little wrong because Bert yes. needs to educate himself on having uh, about gay sex, and yeah. Kurt needs to educate himself and be more proactive about telling Bert about what's going on in his own house. Right. That's what's going on there. The next yeah. scene is a grisly side, uh, slideshow of audio of auto accidents. Actually, it's the alcohol awareness assembly. Yes. Well, We've so, arrived. Yeah. Yes. So Figgins is talking to the rowdy children, um, which he normally does for these assemblies. Um, apparently the pe- person, Kitty Dukakis, I think is who he says, which is a total random, like, not great for a tele, like, whatever. Fuck it. I'm tired <laughs> of these random references. Doesn't matter. But it, she it couldn't make it. It is extremely annoying. Neck Lee keeps relying on these uh, random references as jokes. Yes, it is but yeah. infuriating. But yeah, so instead of instead of having Kitty Dukakis talk because she quote like wasn't interested, I guess um, uh, <laughs> we have the police chief who is here to show us grisly photos of auto accidents that have happened. <laughs> um, and then Seems after that, up to me. Yep. Well, I mean that was mostly what Driver's Ed was. So it was. Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> but then anyway, get a, then we yeah. get a moment with the Glee Club kids in the in the uh, backstage area of the auditorium. Yes. Well, it's not even not. It's the gym. Yes. Brittany is talking to the rest of the folks because she is the Kesha uh, equivalent for the, yes, of the song they're about to do, and she says verbatim. Let me find the quote here. Kesha's been a cultural icon for more than a week. I don't want to let her down. <laughs> Fuck up, Glee. You need to check your shit, okay? Oh, God. I cannot stand for this slander against Kesha. I seriously can't. I mean, yeah. I She was an easy cultural mark um, for it's jokes at this time. It's fucked I think- up. I think nowadays it is much less appropriate to make jokes about Kesha, mostly because... For one, she is an amazing artist. And for two, the things she's had to go through are intense she an, and She was an awful. amazing artist in 2011. Glee is... It is a slight against my personal <laughs> honor. I cannot Maggie. appreciate it. Maggie, last episode we did talk about how Ryan Murphy hates millennials. Like, You're right. It's, he does. Yeah. Anyway, which is, anyway. is super evident, by the way, that um, teen drinking is is like yes. shown in this episode. Anyway, right? Yes. So they well, end and, up uh, yeah. indulging they drink, the, the yeah. new directions altogether. Indulge in Rachel's home brew, which is a <laughs> well, mixture of everything left in her dad's liquor cabinet, Oreo but, pieces, and yes. Kool Aid. And we find out cough syrup. Um, yeah, I I titled it a terrible witch's brew because it sounds <laughs> so nasty. Like it sounds Rachel really says that, bad. Yeah, Rachel makes an excuse for them all drinking by being like Broadway stars do this all the time to hide their poor dental hygiene and yes. give them more um cur- like a uh, courage to go out on stage. Yes. Well, yeah, and, they to end be up fair, performing TikTok. Yeah. By Kesha. Well, 
Maggie, it's also, oh, or as Figgins would say, yeah. tick and also talk. Ugh, another disrespect to Kesha. I cannot stand for these slights. No uh, way. But yeah, so Brittany and Artie lead the number, which is, as per usual, pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, Brittany looks great as a stand-in yeah. for Kesha. She's oh, wearing sort of a glimmer, yes. like a glitter grime aesthetic that I can get yes. down with. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the song, yeah, her look is incredible. Everyone is kind of, everyone is kind of um, made up for this, you know, like shitting on millennials um, yeah. aesthetic. But uh, the performance abruptly stops when yes. uh, Brittany gray pukes all over Rachel. Yeah, she does the splits and then keeps dancing and then pukes yeah. on Rachel. <laughs> the yes. puke is straight up like perfect i don't like, it's cloud a, it's cover a, sky gray it yes. is so gray it's disgusting yes. well santana I, also pukes so yes. it is a britanna puking extravaganza well yeah because so like the music like like legit like everything cuts right when britney throws up on rachel <laughs> um which is great so it's like a like silence they, they got and pretty then, far through the song though we should say yes, they get pretty yes. far through the song the choreography is pretty fine there is a moment earlier in the song where uh britney moves her mic so that she can say to rachel that she's not very feeling very well but they keep performing yes, <laughs> yes. um but yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the thing is like it's it's perfectly silent, and then Santana sympathy pukes all over the stage, which is amazing. Man, but, um, these assemblies never go over well, do they? No. They always kind of end up in com- complete catastrophe. Complete. Yes. But um, so unlike other assemblies we've seen, where this would lead to like some kind of gross riot. Um, <laughs> Instead, we cut to the next day, which we, we see Becky is playing the xylophone. Um, yep. And apparently there's an intercom at this school. I didn't know that, but there is. And Sue well, is on school. it. Of course there is. But yeah, but like Sue is using it and there's no repercussions for this. So apparently Sue just gets to use the intercom whenever she wants. Um, but she she is telling us that we are a day later. We're a day po- we're We're... we're uh, a day after the terrible tragedy that happened. Um, and then she blames Will for what happened and uh, reveals that she, surprise, was the one who was drunk dialed, not yes, Emma. She calls Will a teen vomit, an alcoholic teen vomit fetishist. Yes. I'm so glad you wrote that down because I didn't, I didn't get the chance. It's after a good it went title. past, I was like, that yeah. She plays the verbatim message from her phone. Her phone yeah. that Will left for her. Yes. It is um, sh- embarrassing and horrifying, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it's it's over the intercom. So not only does Will, who is in his Spanish class with Glee Club members in the class, hear it. Like, so all of Glee hears it, but also Emma hears it in her office. Um, and there are some things in the voicemail that make it oh, very clear that this yes. is for Emma. Um, so that's Stuff a little about, awkward. about, uh, gloves while you're wearing, yes. while you're eating your lunch. And yes. It well, is and- so embarrassing. You will- <laughs> Listen, if you haven't watched the episode, it makes you want to turn yourself inside out. 
It is horrible. It's, it's really well. The best part. I wrote down a line that I remembered when I was watching it the second time during the actual scene. But Will, in his voicemail, does say that does does inform Emma. He thought mm-hmm. um, that he went to a honky tonk bar um, and got really <laughs> drunk. Yikes! And he does say, "quote I rode the bull and I was thinking of you." Yikes! <laughs> Fuck, that's so bad. <laughs> that really, is the worst thing. Really, really good, but also terrible. Um, but yeah, Sue so, closes so, out her announcement by um, shaming Will a little bit more yes. directly. Yes. And that's the whole thing. The next yes. scene is New Directions and Will in Figgins' office. Yes. They're all there together talking about how they're all going to be suspended. And Will's like, yeah, you, you will be suspended. Santana calls him the best name in the whole world. Yes. Count oh Boozy Von Drunk a lot. Or Von Drunk a ton. Yeah, Von he... Drunk a ton. It's so good. Fucking oh my Christ. god. It's so amazing. <laughs> yes. Figgins walks in, uh, and he seemingly seemingly thinks that all these actions from the Glee Club and maybe Will were like an inclusive art experience about the dangers of alcohol. Yes. No. Okay. So yeah. So he thinks that this was all special effects. So they're all <laughs> off the hook. But the best part is that like all of them before Figgins comes in are talking about how they're going to get suspended and in, in a lot of trouble. But like Figgins comes in and is like, oh, that was amazing. You guys did a great job. And then all of them are just kind of like, oh, yeah, great. Special effects. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. That is definitely what we were doing. We were definitely but, not drunk on school grounds. Of course not. But but my favorite part is that at the end of this little bit, Figgins like, puts his arms up in such a way that I'm trying to describe. It's weird because this is a podcast. But yeah, yeah. He, says, he says the word achievement, but puts his arms at like shoulder height yeah they're like a 90 degree angle starting at shoulder height and then the fists kind of shake back and forth everyone in the glee club does mimic this motion while saying achievement maggie yeah hello oh sorry i i lost you there for a second but i hope whatever you said encapsulated the fact that they all shake their fists and do this whole achievement thing with him which is so dumb but very funny um, he does. He encourages Will. Uh, Figgins encourages Will to go to his pastor, talk about their issues, and um, yeah, Will seems sort of lukewarm on the ideal overall. The yes. next scene is the new directions and Will back in the choir room. Will uh, has a speech about how alcohol is bad and how he himself is giving it up so that he can yes. be a good influence to the kids and encourages them all to sign a pledge so that they'll not drink before <sighs> nationals. Yes. Um, yeah. So before before we talk about this pledge real quick, I just have to highlight probably the best line of the episode where Will is telling them... So, so he's saying, like, hey, you guys can't drink because, one, you know, it's unprofessional. Two, you shouldn't be doing it at school. And three, it's illegal. Um, and then Quinn is like... Whatever. Isn't this a... Well, Quinn is like, isn't this a little calling the kettle black? Which Brittany does say, isn't that a little racist? Which is I very funny. I love that funny. part. <laughs> but but um, Will is like, yeah. Well, to that end, I'm not going to be drinking anymore. I, I'm, I won't even a beer just to take the edge off at the end of the night. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then Santana says, 
but if you don't drink, what will you have to live for? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> will has nothing. He responds no. with nothing at that point. He, prov- yeah. he provides them with pledge forms that they're all going to yes. sign before they go to nationals. Something in his speech convinces them all to uh, sign them. Yeah. Will's phone number is also on these sheets because if they ever yeah. break the pledge and they need a ride home, they can call Will and Will can pick right. them up. Which is sweet to a certain degree. Also kind yes, of creepy. But, but you know you know what that car ride will be like, right? He's going <laughs> to pick them up and then he's going to berate them Lux- for the entire duration the of entire it. Time. <laughs> exactly. So The next scene is Kurt and Rachel at the Lima Bean. They yes. are getting coffees, drinking, talking about Blaine. Because if yes. you recall, when they were cleaning up the Barry household, they were talking about the bl- the uh, Blachel date and right. how Blaine and Rachel did not kiss. Right. Yeah, so, so, Rachel yeah. is determined to plant a fat one on Blaine to prove <laughs> that their attraction is real. And Kurt's just right. like, yeah, sure, go for it, kid. Well, yeah, so in we're at the Lima Bean. We're waiting for Blaine because this is his usual haunt at this time of day. Um, but as but before we get to it, Kurt does tell Rachel, he's like, hey, maybe this isn't the best idea because, like, <laughs> I've realized that, like, either way this shakes out, like, it's going to be bad for me. It is going, like, to, be, <laughs> it is going to be very bad. <laughs> like, either I lose the love of my life to my best friend or <laughs> my best friend gets her heart broken by the love of my life. So like either way, it's not great, which I think is very telling of um, just how far he's come in realizing that Blaine is manipulating his life. You know, it's nice. Rachel. Yeah. Uh, it's so, okay. Her two goals here. She has two main goals by seducing Blaine. One is to get a partner who can be a reliable duet partner and second, yes. is that you get kids who are mildly Eurasian. Yes. Fucking love it. As soon as Blaine enters the lima bean, she goes up to him and just plants a fat one right on the lips. Yep. And Blaine responds with something that I'm not sure Rachel was looking for. He no. says, yep, with a big long pause. I'm gay. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean... Oof. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this with Glee. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, I I mean, sexuality is a spectrum. Sexuality is a, spe- a spectrum. And Blaine could very well be bi. Yes. Maybe his, like, uh, his he's just bi not flavor to doesn't, Rachel, doesn't you know? just, yeah, doesn't just flow to Rachel's zone. That's exactly. fine. But anyway, he, he does say, I'm 100% gay, which... He was just talking about how he doesn't, he can't know, and yes. like suddenly now he can. Whatever. It's, um, it's, it is frustrating because like we don't want it. It just can sort of it sort of confirms the bi erasure that was happening right. earlier in the episode, which is yeah. gnarly, not cool. Glee. No. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, when have we ever expected Glee to be cool? Never. Um, Never. So. Ever. Kurt says he's 100% gay and then excuses himself to go to the bathroom. Bye, which Blaine. Is, like, why? Like, there's no good... Is he washing no. off Rachel's, like, Rachel's lips? Rachel's <laughs> Yeah. But, um... So he, he's like, hey, Rachel, over. hold my yeah. spot. I'm gonna go use the bathroom. Blaine bounces. Yeah. Kurt comes up and is like, hey, listen, I'm sorry that happened to you. 
And Rachel's like, hey, no, this is all right. I just had a gay man reject me. This is songwriting gold. Right. Which, is, which turns back to the uh, original premise of the episode, which is Rachel's attempt to write original songs for regionals. Right. There yes. you go. Yeah. Um. I, I just had to note that Kurt seemed excited to rub it in. He um, did. That he was well, right. Of course but... he was. He was like, I was right this whole time. Blaine's in love with me. Like, he is. Yeah. He's he is worst. sort of a sociopath in that regard. <laughs> what can you do? He's right? terrible. Well, okay. So, yeah. So, that's the end of the episode, luckily. It is. Um, Hooray. We've gotten but... there. I'm so proud. Yeah. So, like, we'll get to the podcast business in just a second here. But, like, the way Kurt's character is in this episode is just atrocious. It's, bad. it's really bad. Because like, at one point, he is being really shitty about uh bisexuality and letting people live their own lives and at the other hand he's like shaming bert for not being a good enough parent of a gay person which is a hard thing to thread for bert as a character and a person i can understand it well honestly like don't be on your like fucking high horse for supporting queer people when you are erasing bi people entirely kurt exactly I'm not well, here for it. That's the thing is, the problem here is, obvi- like, Kurt's character is a problem here. And Bert's character, to an extent, is also a problem here. Yes. But the bigger problem is that Glee itself is a show that's supposedly being, like, a champion of, like, you know, these marginalized communities. And yet <laughs> is writing off Bly people. And, like, in this, ex- like, we were just talking about this end scene. Blaine is like, no, I'm 100% gay. And it's like, No. Like, this kind of media is what supports, like, bi erasure, you know? Exactly. Like, yes. Because this media is targeted, not not directly to straight people, but to queer people also, and supports this kind of thinking, which is not cool. Yes. Not cool at all. Yeah. Which, let, let's just clarify real quick, because I did realize, like... It's cool that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are queer and, like, mm-hmm. up on all of our, mm-hmm. like, terminology. But when Maggie's talking about bi erasure, let me just mansplain for a second here. She's talking about the way <laughs> She's talking about the way that <laughs> our society really tries to act like bisexuality is not real and does yes. not exist. It's like, true. And, and once, once you have been introduced to that concept, I feel like it's a lot easier to start seeing examples of it, such as in this case, where both straight people and bi people, like, you know, straight people think that being gay is a phase. Yep. Especially straight parents. And yep. gay people think that being bisexual, as evidenced by Kurt in this episode, is like a way of trying to pretend that you're not gay to try to fit in in which society. Which fucking sucks. Which, yeah. Like, yep. a queer media especially Glee, should be championing, 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 <laughs> championing, championing. Uh, it's okay, I got you. Uh, 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 not just gay people, but also bi people, because they exist yes. and deserve to have space. Yes, agreed. It fucking sucks. Yep, it does. So, with that news... Let's get into the podcast business. Podcast business. Podcast business. Podcast business. Podcast business. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. Because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. 
Thanks, Rachel Thanks, Maggie Rachel. Hybrid that now exists in this world because I am a demented creator of bad things. Gosh, Go back to your kind cage. of a chimera situation over here. It's got yes. multiple heads. Keep it in the cage. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get to gold stars. Maggie, what is your gold star? Who, who are you bestowing uh, a gold star upon this week? I had a lot of trouble deciding <laughs> who to give a gold yep. star in this episode. Because it's not like there are very many people who stand out, except for maybe no. Rachel, who is pretty one-dimensional <laughs> this episode, and Will, who I don't want to give a gold star <laughs> basically ever. Yep. But instead, I am splitting my gold star between Shannon Beast. Yes. And Brittany. Oh, nice. Brittany, yeah. because she is like the Kesha stand-in for TikTok. Yes. Um, and uh, Shannon Beast, because she's amazing. And I love yep. her so much. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I concur about the difficulty this week. I originally was going to try to give a gold star to Shannon as well, but also give a gold star to Blaine and take one away from Bert. Um, <laughs> take a, but... a star away from Bert? It's not his fault. It's the writing. Yes. Well, Blaine so Ryan that's Murphy. part of it. Is, it, part of it, I, I backed away from that plan, mostly because, one, it is the writing's fault. Um, but two, I think it's accept- like it's not acceptable, but it is something that you have to come to terms with if some if you're someone that you know is trying to help people become more aware and like be better people. Is that sometimes people have roadblocks and they have yeah. to fight? You know, they have to work through them. And I mean, this is I one think- of Bert's. I think roadblocks. for the for so. the sake of the story and for the sake of what Glee is trying to be. Bert has to be kind of a, not unwilling, but like uneducated parent of a gay person, right? Well, and yes, because they're in Ohio. How many of these people do you think are educated about gay people at all? How gay sex works? Like, yeah, exactly. Well, because Bert even brings up the thing where he's like, yeah, I saw Brokeback Mountain and something went down in that tent. And it's like, okay, like, (laughs) you know, like you got to know at the end of the day, like, there was probably some penetration and they had yeah. to spit his lube and well, like, yeah, it's going to be gross. Talk, like, that really changes Brokeback Mountain, doesn't it? But the fact that they didn't have lube, maybe there's like yeah. some sort of like horse oil or something. Yeah. Horse oil. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, anyway, I, I did away with all of that and instead decided to give my gold star to Santana because nice. I she love literally, it. she literally has the two best lines in this episode. One, but if you don't drink, what will you have to live for? And two, Count Boozy Von Drunkaton. Yes, and so. she says some great things. When she's drunk and, like, um, yelling at Sam for no reason, yes. I love it. Yes. She's, yes. like, yelling at, 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 at uh, Sam about how beautiful Quinn is. And yes. like, well, don't look at her, look at me, kiss, kiss me right now. I love yes. it. Yes, and also she does do a body, sh- well, quote body shot off of Britney in that they put they put the salt on Britney's tummy and she licks it off of Britney's tummy and then takes a shot out of a glass but like a a small morsel of Britanna (laughs) well because that's the thing is like the I'm sure you know this already but the Mm -hmm. way a real body shot works is that you like pour it into the person's navel so you (laughs) you drink the alcohol off the person's body so that you can then lick their them and then get the lime out of their mouth that is how exactly. body shots work exactly but 
you know, it's clo- it's probably not appropriate for TV or whatever. So mm, like whatever. That's <laughs> but she does lick the salt off of uh Britney's tummy, which is very entertaining. Anyway, let's move on to best number. Best number. Best number. Okay. I want to give it to TikTok because I love sure. Kesha. I am a full on stand for Kesha. I I I'm not ashamed also. I've seen Ke- Kesha perform in person. She was amazing. She was 20 minutes late, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, didn't you have Pitbull there to fill the silence? Ugh, fuck Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, let me explain. So, I this was in 2013, before Timber came out, okay? This is the summer, summer before Timber. Kesha and Pitbull toured together for no reason. Okay, no reason. Well, I, Maggie... I wanted to see Kesha in person. I wanted yeah. to see her perform. It's like I guess I'm I guess I'm gonna have to go to this fucking Pitbull concert. Right. I went. Kesha performed. It was amazing. I loved it. She had dancers wearing inflatable dick costumes. It was so good. <laughs> then we waited another hour and a half, hour and a half for Pitbull to show up because he was late also. And the only thing he did was rap over songs that already existed. Because that is his only purpose, is to feature in songs that already exist. It was infuriating. Well, I, Maggie, he I was, was going to say... He was a hard-boiled egg in a suit. Maggie, maybe they came up with Timber that night, and that's why they were both late. Maybe. It's because they were putting the finishing touches on it. Maybe you never know. Right. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe you were witnessing history. Anyway, um, what... Where do you land with best number then? Yeah, so I want to give it to TikTok, but it's cut short by the uh, gray puking. Yes. Let's see here. What are the other songs? We have My Headband, the yep. <laughs> the original composition from Rachel Berry. Yes, Don't have, You Want Me. Don't You Want, want Me, a Blachel sibling. Uh, yes, sibling duet. <laughs> sibling um, duet. And then we have checking the one one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Which I don't know. It's generic to me. Then we have TikTok, and is there a final number? No, nope. There is not. Fuck up. There is not a lot. I think I'm probably going to give it to Don't You Want Me because it's pretty good overall. I mean, Rachel Berry um, as Leah Michelle as Rachel Berry and. Uh, Darren Chris as Blaine Anderson both sing it very well. I, That's true. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, and they're definitely going to make the the musical next spring's master. Um, <laughs> so I originally was going to give my best number to my headband because. <laughs> Because of the lulls. But I think it's a good I, choice. You should choose it. Well, I, I was going to switch to TikTok because I think that that is actually it a is good number. too. It, it's like Britney emulates Kesha in a beautiful way, in yes. my opinion. But I, I do think I do think that my headband should definitely go into the running for um, comical number for sure. Exactly. Yes. So I, I will keep that in mind for uh, when we move towards that at the end of the season. But for now, I think I'm going to pick TikTok. Um, Britney as Kesha is dope as hell. Yeah, it, it is like, upsetting that the. I'm pretty sure this is the only Kesha song Lee ends ever no. ends up doing. They, they do it they, halfway Maggie. 
which yes. is insulting. I know I've already talked about this already this episode, but how dare, how dare Glee besmirch the name of Kesha? How dare they? I am still upset about it in 2018. Yes. Well, Maggie, Maggie, I do have to inform you. This might be a spoiler. I don't know. But I do mm-hmm. know for a fact that in a later season, they do sing Dinosaur. <gasps> yes! At, yes! At prom with Cheerios You're wearing so right. dinosaur heads. Oh my god, I'm so, so excited. So they definitely do another one. And if it only is that, like, inflatable, that mean, like, flatable t- inflatable T-Rex costume existed oh, by that god. time. If only, if only. If only. <laughs> If only. But anyway, so there is another one coming down the pipeline. I'm excited for it. For yes. sure. Anyway, back to the present. What rating would you give this episode? Rating. That's a good question. I think I'm going to give this episode one out of three slushies. Just because, of course, it's Glee. There are problems with it. But I really enjoyed this episode kind of wholeheartedly. It's not yeah. too um like bound in by the uh, time-restricted plot to- plot line of getting to regionals. And yeah. it also doesn't feel too forced. Like, I can rationalize that these kids might be drinking alcohol for the first time and, like, hanging out together. Yeah. I think it's an all-around fun, ep- fun episode, honestly. Sure. Yeah, um, so just to clarify, you did mean one out of five slushies, right? Because I heard three. That's what and I said. I just wanna- one out of five. Okay. No problem. Just wanted to make sure because, um, <laughs> yep, I didn't know how drunk you were. Um, I, I am... listen. I'm not that drunk, but I am too drunk to finish this episode. We need to finish it now, please. Okay. So I, I also, I'm giving it one and a half out of five slushies Good. because it's. I originally I was going to give it three out of five, and that's mostly because of the Kurt Burt interaction and Kurt being biphobic. That, that but Kurt honestly, Burt interaction is fucking gnarly. It is really bad. Yes. Well, okay, here's the main reason I think that I'm really offended by it, is that Bert forces Kurt to apologize for his, quote, inappropriateness. Yeah, which is buck wild. It's so bad. It's so bad. Anyway, that's that's the main reason that I really dislike this episode, but everything else is really good. It's a rightful reason to dislike it, because it is out of Bert's character also. Exactly. But but like we're saying, honestly, everything else in this episode is so good that, like, it is definitely, like, I'm fine. 1.5 out of 5. If if we had to pick, maybe not the best episode of Glee ever made, but no, definitely no. a very good one. Like, it's, go- it's good because it's not ashamed to just be kind of wacky. Exactly. That's, so, I, that's what I want from Glee, is to not be so fucking uptight all the time. God! <laughs> you do know how I love that wackiness. Um... <laughs> Anyway, that's this episode of Glee. That's this episode. Next, next week, we're going to talk about season two, episode 15, Sexy. Ooh. Um, yes. Ooh. Um, going to get a little it, raunchy. If you want to connect with us oh, yeah. on other platforms, other than just listening to us, you know, sort of smooth into your ear holes, <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook at Sam and Maggie Hakely. Search Sam and Maggie Higley uh, in the search bar on Facebook. Or check us out on Twitter at SNM Higley. You can also check yep. us out on, uh, you can send us an email, I mean, at snmhigley at gmail.com. Yep. And if you are just, you know, really 
a good person mm-hmm. deep down inside and you really love the content and the way that we bring a real if, great social awareness to the way that capitalism Glee... has favored you in a way that makes it so that your profession gives you more money than somebody else give us some of that money maybe yes at our patreon yeah. Yes, uh, that's patreon.com slash snmhateglee. And, um, you know, there's some rewards and stuff, but really, the real reward is the feeling you get when you know that we can get DVD copies of Glee so that way we don't have to watch it on Netflix <laughs> And anymore. that we can pay for our hosting fees for, our th- for this podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, I-, I saw in an article, apparently Glee might be leaving Netflix soon, so like... <gasps> oh, no! This, <laughs> this could be something we need in a little more sooner than, uh, than well, I'd like to Well, thankfully, we so. do have Hulu now, so that can that's help. That's true. Too. Yes. But anyway, um, that's everything. Uh, I that think, is everything. Uh, I think we're good. I don't PCM, think we have anybody to shout listen, out, so... Yeah. Thank you for getting me through this episode of Glee. I think we no did a problem. good job talking about it together. I feel good about it overall. Uh, yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah. I'm feeling good too. I think, I mean, I don't think we should make a habit of this necessarily. We might have to yeah. sign some pledge forms about how we don't do this very often. <laughs> yeah. But, we, um... we can't, we can't do another drunk episode until nationals. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I, no, I, I think have Will Schuster's phone number right here. I'm going to call him to take me home. I am in okay. my own home right now, but I, Basically, Will Schuster is going Maggie. to ferry me from one end of my house to another. <laughs> Maggie, if Will Schuster shows up and asks you to get in his car, don't do it because I he won't. might be murdering you. <laughs> anyway, I won't. I'll steal his vest and make him leave. <laughs> anyway, that's that's been our goofy that's episode. The episode. I'm so I've thankful been, oh. that you've listened to it. Thank you so <laughs> yes. much. Thank you for both me and my brother Sam. We really yes, appreciate you listening. Yes. Thank you. But anyway, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top.